everybody. Welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast. Once again, starring your friends and allies, disinterested Tom and insufferable <laughs> Neil. How are you doing, my insufferable friend? Uh, I'm doing good. Yeah, we are your friends and allies, really, aren't we? We uh, One big, yes. weird family here, I think. Yes. Kinda, right? Neil, I heard you were drinking beer and eating chili. How's your digestive system? It's good. No, I was... Uh, I was over, it's Sunday, I was over at Illuminated Brew Works today, our good friend Jason. Um, he had some kind of local uh, shopping kind of thing over there at the brewery. They had some local vendors selling their stuff. There was like someone selling board games. There was, uh, I think it was either Metal Blade or Metal Edge Records, which is a record store. Um, they had some stuff there. I bought some stuff from them. You know, there was local artists mm. selling their stuff. So it was it was a cool afternoon. So yeah, I was over there mm. for a couple of hours uh, after the England game. England beat Senegal three nothing in the World Cup. So we're in the quarterfinals. Well, so that's, that's good. Just, just amazing. It is amazing. Lions won. Our Detroit Lions won too, and our Michigan Wolverines won yesterday. So. Yeah, you guys are in the. Uh, you're going to be in the we're college uh, football playoffs, I believe. Right? We're on a real roll here. No, I was just curious if like. I was going to have to pee before you had to crap, but I guess no. we'll see. <laughs> what we, is it? What you and chili and crapping? I don't know what that means. What's the, I mean, what's chili the is pretty much already crap. It just it doesn't really even have to do anything to go through you. It just goes straight to your mouth to your. Now this is interesting. Anyway. So now, when you have chili, do you, when your wife makes chili, do you have cornbread too? Uh, usually we eat it with tortilla chips. Interesting. Okay. Although the batch she's making today does come with cornbread. So what I do, and people think I'm weird, I actually get the chili and I crumble the cornbread into the chili along with the sour cream and the cheese. So which is mm, like a big, sounds a little soggy, big soupy mess, but it's damn good, man. It's damn reminds good. you of your British food, just like this big sopping gray pile of goo. <laughs> I think that was one of the bands of course, that listen, of course about. you, of course you can reach us at punktiedie77 at gmail, or the punktiedie Facebook page or Facebook group and. Neil, we're making our guest wait while we talk about crapping and chili and mushy food. Well, it's his fifth time on or something like that. But so I, I was going to say, honestly, our next guest You're needs... You're I'm on the toilet right now. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like... <laughs> it's, it's actually funny because our next guest, I was going to say, he needs no introduction, Neil. He... What can you what can you say about our guest today? He owns several businesses, or at least part of several businesses. Yes. He's, he owns... what, is this his third or fourth time on? Oh, at least, at least. It's, I, I think I, my, I was going to use the analogy of like Alec Baldwin on Saturday Night Live, except for he hasn't <laughs> shot anyone's face yet that I know of. But no, we have I, with think us... I think I'm high pitch Eric from the Howard Stern show. <laughs> there you go. Love it. <laughs> or, well, it's better, than Beetlejuice from, it's better than Beetlejuice from Chicago, my friend. <laughs> yeah, Mer Beetlejuice, yes. yes hopefully, exactly. yes. hopefully she but won't yes. be Mer much longer. Our guest today is Matt Swisher for the, I don't know, it's got to be at least the fifth time. Nah, no. You you have it's are you keeping honor. track? Thank you. Are you keeping are you keeping track at home, Matt? Do you know what appearance this is for you? We did that really early on one where you guys let me talk forever, and I love I love you for that. And I appreciate everything you guys do for me. That was right after Rick Sims. Then you had man, you had me on where I did the one from my truck speaker, which was terrible. <laughs> and then you came to the record farm once during COVID, and we did twice. A one. Well, yeah, but we've done at least twice from you on location. Then you right? came to Bonus Pines and did one. Yep. Yeah, so this five. This will be the fifth. Holy shit! This I believe five that. Or maybe six. I was gonna say, I believe this definitely makes you the leader of appearances. We've had other people like BA's been on three times. I think maybe Ricky's been on three times, but yeah, I believe that you are the. A lot of people have been on twice now, but I believe that you are the undisputed leader. And for good well, reason. Matt. I don't I don't take it for granted. I, I I do love and appreciate you guys. I was talking to BA 
the other day, and he made the comment. He's like, man, somehow you, you've manipulated and, and, and formed Punk Till I Die podcast into like your own promotional company. <laughs> They're like your publisher. <laughs> I didn't really do that. Uh-oh. It happened that well, way. Well, the, the funny thing is, before I really became friends with the guys from Sloppy Seconds, I was like a one-man promotional machine for them then, too. Like, I was constantly writing about them on Punk News and stuff. I, they probably had no idea, honestly. I never, I never felt good about, like – sending things to band going hey look at this cool thing i did for you it made me feel like such a douche you know so i just i just toiled away in obscurity so anyway. uh, no, we 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 don't have time to talk about that but i tell you guys that all the time don't feel bad about that man you you're working hard people appreciate what you do let them know it's out there they don't think yeah. you're hounding them they think you're telling them hey here's something cool you might enjoy you know what i mean exactly but I'll tell you what. So, hey, you know, while I'm thinking about it, I, we mentioned this. We, we already had a long conversation off the air, as we often do. But I want to give a shout-out to our man Rob, the drummer from Against the Grain, who I know has been listening, who is the guy – is the reason Matt and I are friends kind of accidentally made our made a, a introduction for us. So, anyway, hey, Rob. Rob's now a mailman, still drumming somewhat. So, looking forward to hearing some new things from him. So, Anyway. Maybe he could play drums in that mailman band from Ohio. Dude, we have so many mailmen listen to us. Yeah, we do. I like the mailman. Yeah, like, Dude, don't, remember- get a load of this. Get a load of this. It's funny. Um, mailman Mike, obviously, uh, our first mailman, numero uno mailman. Yep. Um, he was in Gainesville, Florida over the weekend for the wedding, I believe. Yep. One of his daughters or stepdaughters or something. Yep. And he went into my favorite bar in Gainesville because, you know, I've been to Gainesville a bunch of times because my friend Mark lives there. Um, yep. Lucy's is my favorite Lived bar. Lived there at least. Yep. Yep. And um, so while Mike was there, obviously, he went into Lucy's and he went into the bathroom. And sure enough, he saw, he saw some of the punctuality dice stickers that I'd plastered up there. So he said ah. it, it, gave him a, it gave him a weird feeling like we were all somehow connected because he knew that I'd put him up there. So that was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. It's mystical. Neil, giving mystical. guys weird feelings for almost <laughs> exactly years. in the Since bathroom. In <laughs> yes, exactly. numerous bathrooms around the world. Well, I'll be honest. <laughs> if I could have gone into the girls' bathroom without getting arrested, I would have. I would have put them there too. But you know, I didn't. Neil's going. Neil's going around yeah. putting. Neil's going around putting punctuated eye stickers over glory holes. It's these <laughs> it has to be done, mate. It has to be done. Exactly for the good uh, of society. So, in years past. Matt, we've always do like a, we always do a year end roundup with our friend Ricky, and we kind of go through all our stuff, and we always have like a punk die die top ten. But yeah. this year, we decided we also wanted to talk to some very important people in the music industry, luminaries, if you will, <laughs> um, and get their top ten list. And a to see if we missed anything because we always miss anything because oh, there's obviously yeah. a ton of new music every year. But I mean, I don't know anybody with better taste than you, Matt. You are you're a punk fan, but you're also like myself, not afraid to delve into metal a little bit that's horrible absolutely so i'm just dying to hear what you got for us but i'll tell you what first why don't we uh promote your uh last couple of releases so so you go like two or three years without really doing anything right i shouldn't say you're not doing anything what's the label anything with the label give everybody a talk about the label is there yeah 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 you're 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 dead on we we came out with um sloppy seconds live no time for tuning on 12 inch vinyl for the first time ever and was that 2020? Out, what year was that? It was that came 20, out 2019? in March of 2020. Okay. Excellent timing, so that, buddy. Yeah, that came out. <laughs> it sold incredibly online only. And I think some went to distro. And then we did those Sandfield copies. And then those all sold out. And that's all we did. Um, you're right. We kind of changed our direction and some other businesses and things through 2020 and 2021. 
And then I was working with the guys from Sloppy Seconds on getting these split records together, and it took forever. Um, and you'll know when you hear the Queers track, man, it is really, it's really over the top. It's really, really well produced. Joe has some kind of bigger names outside of the punk rock world that were kind of involved in that. And getting that track took a long time. Um, but a, a bunch of things kind of all landed at once. So the Mobile Death Camp CD came out. The Anti-Scene Sloppy Second Split came out. And then the Queers Sloppy Second Split came out. And this happened two, to be our 20th year. And, this, and, after, and for those that don't know, this is on Failure Records and Tapes, correct? Yes, Failure Records and Tapes. Yes, there you go. Failure Records and Tapes started in 2002. And when all these releases kind of piled up, Matt Reese, um, kind of like our, our art department, if you will, he said, hey, this is like the 20th year. We should push all these together and make this some sort of a, let's pretend like we planned this. So that's that's what we did. These three releases are to celebrate 20 years of hardly ever breaking even. And the Queer Split and the other split, the Anti-Scene Split, they're both picture discs, correct? Seven-inch picture discs. Yes, picture disc through... Pirates Press, uh, some other good friends of the podcast, and just yep. amazing quality, man. The quality of it in a picture disc has changed tremendously over uh, throughout the decades. So I was really, well, really happy with how it sounded. And a different picture on each side, which I think is sort of novel. I, don't, I mean, I don't have anything like that. I'm not. I don't know if it's the first time it's happened, but I don't have a lot like that. Yeah, I think. Man, Tom, I'm sure you have that sloppy seconds destroyed picture disc, don't you? I do not. I'm not a big picture disc guy. I got to tell you, I'm I'm starting to dive into it. Just when I need another thing to dive into, <laughs> another thing to get. Now, do exactly. they? I think now, it has pictures on both sides. I think pictures on both sides may maybe a little bit more common than you think it is. Now, okay. do, do I've they... always avoided picture disc, Matt, because they always sounded lousy. Yep. It wasn't really until this UV technology that Pirates Press has been using that I really dared to get into them. If we're being honest. Okay. Yeah, because they the, sound well, so much better now. They used to sound like crab. Yeah, in the back day. in the day, if you were going to buy one, you pretty much just bought it as a collectible to hang on your wall. You didn't. You certainly didn't buy one to play because they sounded fucking terrible back in the day. But uh, that's obviously changed a lot. Now, do you sell these? Are they do they sell in just like clear plastic sleeves, or do they have picture sleeves too? No, they they just came in clear plastic sleeves. Gotcha. Uh, Pirates Press uh, supplies you with those. So yeah, that's it. It's a good. It's a good product. It's really good. Good picture. Very bright. Both bands came up with some pretty cool artwork. The anti scene sloppy second split kind of focuses on like sixties and seventies B movies. Well, I wouldn't really call Planet of the Apes a B movie, but um, yeah, kind of. Well, after the first one, maybe. And then the queers sloppy second split is more like 1970s music so the queers do an elo cover ah. and sloppy seconds does a sweet cover and it's awesome well the exciting thing is neil at the end of the at the end here yes we are going to play that new queer song which is unheard by human ears other than the people who recorded it pretty much at so the, at the end we're not going to play it now as a, as a no, it's going to be an exclusive. They're going to have to listen to all this before we get to the end. <laughs> okay, we don't want people. We, we don't want people listening in for five minutes and turn it off. Exclusive, folks. That's that's amazing. Honestly, you know, it's funny because the queers. We do have a, a pretty good connection to the queers, and actually, that was through Matt. Matt's got us some great guests over the years, 
I swear our like listenership doubled when we had Joe on. Like, I mean, man, that guy still, he has the ability, the queers have the ability to move the meter. They're big, man. I think this, it's big for your label, even though you did a thing with them years past. I think it's, I think it's going to be real good, man. I think it's going to be good for everybody involved. Thank you very so. much. And again, I, I won't be nice anymore, but just, I do love you guys and I do really appreciate everything you do for me. And I don't take it for granted. So well, thank you for, well, thanks, thank you for everything. talking about, well, the, I'll tell you what, well, I was going to say, talk- no, I was going to say, we could, we Play the sloppy song, Neil, if you want. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, that makes sense. So, Matt, tell me what's different about this than the version that was on the um, uh, Endless Bummer LP from, like, 2008 or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, no sweat. I, and, Tom, you can correct me or maybe neither one of us know. I want to say that um, this song either only appeared on the vinyl version or it only appeared on the CD. Uh, one it of was, the two. I'm not it sure was definitely on the CD version, but I don't... It's funny. I'd I don't have think to look. It's on the vinyl. I'll walk over and check that out too. Um, I'd have to look at the I don't vinyl. Think, I don't think it was on the vinyl. Okay. But they went in and they remastered it, and they actually kind of added like a almost like a string kind of an orchestra vibe to the very beginning. It has like a really cool swell to it. Hmm. Um, see, I'm pulling it out right now, and yes, action is on the LP. Well, there goes that theory. Yeah. So I, I figured I was wrong. It That's all right, I, It's like I tell my kid, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Exactly. It's um, weird because they don't do a lot of cover. You know, they did Leaving in the Jet, Leaving on a Jet Plane on the first album, but their other albums didn't have a cover on them, so it's it's sort of novel for them to put one on the album. They play a few, but it's they don't really record a lot of them on the album. So, no, and it's a great it's a great song. They do a really good job. It's a, it's a fun tune, and it's a really good one for BA's voice. You know, a young Neil probably danced around his living room to the, this song when you were a kid, right, Neil? The sweet I, action? I, I did, actually. Is that so sweet or the sweet? I don't remember at that point. It's uh, it's the sweet, and I was, yeah, I was actually the first single I ever bought was Blockbuster. Um, that was, was that 1972. Right? That was the first record I, I purchased myself, and then Ballroom You were nine Blitz. years old? You bought a record? Yeah, I did. Blockbuster. I loved wow. it. Uh, Ballroom Blitz followed in 73, I believe. Then uh, I think Teenage Rampage maybe was next, mm. but uh, and then Fox on the Run, which is my favorite sweet song. Sure, and that's a good then one. Action I think was the next single after that. So that was like seventy five, I believe. So, yep, seventy five. Yeah, yeah okay. it was about the time I actually stopped listening to the sweet. And <laughs> yeah, actually, this is the end for Neil with the sweet. Yes, yeah, so well, I'll tell you much. what. Let's let's spin the sloppy version. It's a great version. I've of course been listening to it for years, but the new version sounds great. Pops right off the picture disc. All right, so let's let's listen to uh, Sloppy Seconds with action.
right, that is off the new Failure Records and Tape 7-inch. That was Sloppy Seconds with a cover of The Sweet Action. So, so because we suck at helping people promote things, the, the website is what Failure Core, right, Matt? Yep, FailureCore.com. You got that right. Yeah, and, and I think Neil said in a recent episode, it's an unprotected website. <laughs> so when you go there from work and they say this isn't safe you're like i don't care yeah probably something like that something like that yeah um yeah so that was and that's the, and that's the other side of the of the queer single right yeah so sloppy seconds and i think you're right action was probably mid 70s 75 um, 75 that's on one side and the other side of the queers doing a b-side from the 1981 Time record, which is a really cool ELO record. It's kind of like uh, real early synthy. I wouldn't say new wave so much, more just like progressive. Yep. Kind of getting into that like yes territory a little bit. Um, and then Julie Don't Live Here was a B-side off of that. And it's, without even the queers doing it, it had uh, definitely had like a poppy kind of cheap trick kind of vibe to it. And uh, I, I'm, I'm serious, it's, of all the things we've done, this this particular song is actually probably my top three songs that we've ever been involved in. It's super oh. good. It's just, I think you'll love it when you guys hear it. It's just a great thing. It's, so- it's, it's funny because ELO was such a pretentious load of crap. And this song, it really is a pop song. You know, usually this like sweets and like these long, expanded, horrific, you know, prog rock songs. But this is really a cool little, uh, cool little pop song. I have to say, well, I, I agree. I agree with you, but Mr. Blue Sky is probably one of my favorite songs of all time. It's uh, like, come on, I do you want my love? Dude. That's a good song that's too. I mean, yeah, song. Telephone Lines a good song too. ELO had some great songs. Man, all actually. of a sudden we're huge ELO. Yeah, fans how about it? Here. ELO yeah. all the time. <laughs> um, and, and one of the things, so, so the new podcast would be E L O T I D. One of the things that made this take so long for Joe on Joe's end. He records at a studio with a guy named Les Hall, and Les Hall was in kind of a big radio rock, I don't know, late 90s, early 2000s radio rock band called Crossfade. Um, you you know their hit if you heard it. It sounds big um, but, so, okay. so he was So Les was involved, and then Les ended up doing, I think, a little bit of back, backing vocals on it. And then somehow there's a band called The Band of Horses, it's like a bigger mainstream band that just were on tour with, um, oh shit, um, the Black Keys. And See, I've heard of, of them too, but I... they came oh. into the studio and sang backups on this. That's weird. So, so like did, he re- strange... did he record at his studio in Atlanta? I, you know, I, that's where I'm kind of confused on it. I mean, unless this near this Les Hall, unless he is in Atlanta as well, I know he. Uh, either engineered or mastered this or something. Of course, it, nowadays you just send files around, right? He's in, I guess he, it doesn't he's in, he's in South Carolina. I just mm. looked him up. Mm. Okay, so then I, I bet they recorded there because I did release something for the queers in the past that Joe definitely recorded them at his place, and then the B side of that was Bass Amp and Dano, and Joe had also recorded those tracks. Okay, yeah. yeah. So it's funny, man. I'm gonna we'll get into something here we were talking about a little bit because. You know, I'm on a bunch of Facebook groups that are punk rock related, right? And yeah. people are going sort of ape, actually, about this queer song. Because I guess, like, he had talked about it to a lot of his friends, but nobody had ever heard it. Like, this is something that's sort of 
this queer song has kind of become something that's become a bit of an urban legend. But I saw some people in the foreign, um, the foreign countries, like sort of taken aback by the shipping on this seven inch. And you and I were talking about this, and I think it's really fair to get it out there that you really are making no money on shipping these things. As a matter of fact, it sounds like to some countries, by the time you buy the mailer, even with crazy shipping costs, you might even be losing money on the shipping. So yeah, like absolutely. Like, what absolutely. Is it? So so to send a seven inch to England. What what is what is the cost approximately? I mean I'm not holding your feet to the fire, but no, no, I, I can I can tell you right now because I'm 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 on my shipping website and I've been doing this all fucking day. <laughs> um, but um, so I know I know fresh in my mind when I ship this just a seven inch mailer, and I always use the same weight. I don't you know I always just go under the terms that there's one record in here. If you get two, it's not going to move the dial much. So if I ship one seven inch record. Um, I say it's seven by seven by one inch thick, and it's probably a little less than that. And I say it's half a pound. To most countries abroad, it costs me twenty four dollars and seventeen cents. So that's so insane. Twenty five dollars. Now I will say I did notice today when I was doing it. For some reason, Germany was cheaper. Germany was maybe seventeen dollars. Mm. Um, but most of them are twenty four. And then in the U.S., I went three dollars for shipping, Which and actually, cheap. even with media mail, it actually cost me between three sixty-two or four twelve to ship these. So you're losing money on that, then? Yeah, I mean a little bit, but yeah, I mean in the mailer, I, we talked about that too. The mailers used to be sixteen cents a piece, and now they're a dollar a piece. Plus, I'm well, throwing and, stickers and promo cards in there. You know, well, and the thing again, is like too, I said earlier, barely breaking even for twenty years. But you, you have this grandiose idea in your head that you're gonna make money doing it and then it really comes time to ship it. You know, you don't you don't feel great much making money off shipping. So you you, you almost sure. charge exactly what it is or a little less. Well all then, I... you know, you don't think about the mailer and then you don't want to ship just a fucking record. You wanna throw a bunch of stickers in there. So you know, in, sure. in the final hour, I feel like we always make these little decisions that sort of you know, push us into the red, but whatever. Well, all I would say about that is, because I know from shipping sweatshirts and t-shirts from here, um, you also got to, <laughs> especially shipping internationally, you got to fill in the stupid customs form. You got to go to the post office. You got to stand in line. And then, yes. you know, shipping stuff internationally, they've got to weigh it. They've <laughs> got to check everything. I mean, it takes a good half hour. So if time is money, I mean that's all that you know. You should add a couple of bucks for that too, because it's it's ridiculous. Well, well, it, it, it takes so fucking is, long. You're spending your whole Sunday doing this, and you're not getting any money for this, right? And no, it's, no, and I'm it's, just drinking beer, listening to uh, other podcasts, and I do them from home. I do the postage from home, but Neil's right on all these international ones. Even though I do the postage from home, I still have to go into each individual one and fill out a customs form. And then as a, as a favor to the end user, I'm not putting that the record's $18. I always put that it's like 5 or $10. You know what I mean? I always put that there's only so one. So they don't have to pay as much if they have to pay a, right. a customs Correct. fee. Yeah. I remember so, somebody sent yeah. me something and I had to pay a, a extra dollar out or something. It was like, man, what a what craziness. Yeah. But it's it's. Well, and my and the thing is, the thing those, most of you don't necessarily know this about Matt, but the reason, part of the reason they didn't put out a record for a couple of years is a the record business was sucking with all the COVID stuff, but also he was literally refurbing this ginormous building in downtown Logansport, 
which houses his other business that I love and I think my wife loves even more than I do, <laughs> which is Bonus Pints, his barcade where he has a music and his record store, the record farm is there. So so Matt goes to work five days a week like I normal work at Stiff. And then he works, what, you work three or four days a week, you do Bonus Pints in the evening? Yeah, so I do, I, Bonus Pints is open Wednesday through Saturday. And, um, sorry, my kid's out here with an illegible note that I can't even read. He's trying to ask me to do something, I can't even read this note. It says, Mom um, hates you. <laughs> mom left. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Dad, that mom, that, that strange guy. That, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Bill's here again. Yeah, they're upstairs wrestling. Um, so bonus pints is open Wednesday through Saturday, and then I generally go in and work the evening shift after my day job. So it's Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then sometimes on Saturdays we like to here lately we've gotten into a good habit of letting the staff work it, and then we can go out and do things with the kids and have oh, a little cool. bit more of a normal life. Fridays and Wednesdays are our huge nights. Thursdays are fairly tame, and Saturdays are just a lot of families. Mom and dad can bring in a couple kids. Kids get 20 bucks for the quarters, and mom and dad drink a couple beers, kind of like you would do at a bowling alley when we were kids or something, you know? Gotcha. But so, it's funny, yeah. too, because when we were there, Matt, your son, your sons were just – I mean, I haven't seen kids work that hard since I was at the Chinese restaurant, man. I'm not, <laughs> sure, the, I'm not sure the labor laws are in your favor on that, but those kids were working, too. It was good stuff. Man, when, when my kids aren't in the basement making knockoff Gucci handbags – they were upstairs running around bonus fights, <laughs> clearing tables, bussing tables. They do, and he's in the. I, I think I embarrassed him, but he, he had something written, and he was like telling me through the door, "You're doing a good job. You're doing a good job." It's kind of like listening to the podcast, I think. Oh, that's good. Gadget. What are you trying to tell me on that note? You suck. Okay, thank you. Yeah, no, he said, "Tell Neil and Tom." I said, "Hi." Is what he wanted me. Ah, say hello. Say hello to your son for us. They're good kids. I do. Yeah, they are good kids. They they have a very unique life. I hope I'm not scarring them in the long run. I, no, I think it's amazing. No, I think it's well, I, listen, I think dude. it's amazing. I mean, I, I I think a lot of us out here, I think our um dream would be to own you know a record store slash bar, right? I mean, I think that would be a dream for a lot of us yeah. to retire and do that. So my, the fact dude, that you're doing it, you know, my wife great. says once a week. I wish we had something like that, and we're in Coopersville. She, I swear, she says it once a week. Yeah, thank you, man. And I and I. I really, I really do appreciate that, and it is making a big difference in town. And we've even had a really nice, uh, true brewery where they make their own beer. It's popped up in town, um, and where a lot of other businesses were sort of worried, like, "Oh man, you know, you're going to slow us down." I was like, "No, I really don't think that. I think it's just going to keep ha- adding to the fabric of this downtown, and it's just going to bring more people to town." And that's really what it's done. Yeah, uh, it's called Science Project Brewery, and since it's open, we've just had some of our best nights, and hmm. people are kind of walking around, going to various things, you know. Yeah. So at the bar, at, at the bar there, you actually have just all local breweries, right? Yeah, we're sort of like a um, middleman's not the right word, but uh, we're, we're we're like a vessel that a lot of these other breweries travel through uh, that don't sell direct a lot. So in Indiana, I don't know what the rules are in Chicago. But in Indiana, if you are a brokerage brewery in Lafayette and you've made these beers, you can sell them to bonus pints and we can serve them, but you have to physically deliver them. So what I find is that a lot of these brewers are not, are not only making the beer, they've got their hand in you know, naming it and 
labeling it and all that stuff. Then they're coming to bonus buyings and trying to sell it too. They're also out selling the beer. Right, that's what my friend Jason does. Yeah, Jason does that. Yeah, it sounds like Jason. He's delivering beer all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. And we have great customer service. If they're hustling hard, we're buying beer from them. You know, we there's a brewery in Lafayette, Indiana called Brokerage Brewery, and I think just last year we bought. I don't know, easily, easily 150 kegs of beer through this brewery. Hmm. Nice. So that was just what we, you and I drank. <laughs> yeah, that's just what you guys drink. All the stash of cream ale, I think, for Tom. Well, that's cool. I was and Neil say. didn't know you had a tab that night. Do you remember that? Yeah, Everybody I didn't. You son, sons of die tab except for Neil. Yeah, <laughs> sons of bitches. We were paying for our beer all night. God. Well, it's it. funny, Matt, because at some point I'm like. Don't put the beer, don't put the food on the tab. That's being too generous. Don't put the food on the tab. So and I'm like, what the tab? Right. <laughs> That's all right. We just keep bringing. We're just going to keep bringing friends down there, Matt. I figure we'll make it up to you, buddy. We'll just keep bringing. Uh, we're keep well, bringing dude, our friends. You guys, you guys did a huge thing for me. And I'll, I'll, I'll shut up because I know we we didn't want this to be a long episode. But you spoke about Rob Nowak kind of introducing the three of us. You guys did a really cool thing where when you brought the Cap Gun Heroes to town. Oh yeah, that was your. That was, you know, you guys recommended them. They were a PTID band. When they came to town, they went back and reported to their booking agent that, hey, there's this place in Logansport that's pretty cool, you know, and I had no idea where Logansport was. Well, due to that connection, then we got offered Flatfoot 56, uh, maybe three months later. Yep. And then Tobin and the boys went back and said it was a great venue. Then we got offered a band called The Color Fred which is Fred Mascherino from Taking Back Sunday. Hmm, really? A little young for the three of our tastes. I get sure, that. Sure, sure. But it was a great turnout. Man, he was a super nice dude. Huh. And, um, you know, that's that's three bands that we booked from this uh, booking agency there in Chicago. So we're trying to get them involved in next year's uh, summer concert series. Fantastic, man. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's break up this mutual love fest, which is <laughs> I, I love, honestly. We're going to do... All right, we're going to play – I'm going to make a call on the fly here. We're going to play the Slobby Second song, Thanks for the Memories. And then we're going to come back and we're going to dive into Matt's top five. Does that sound like a plan, Neil? That's because people are with me. people are going to want to hear that queer song eventually. But the problem it, – it's virtually impossible to have a short episode with Matt. Did I, ever, I told you about the first time I ever met Matt. I literally – I just <laughs> – I had been messaging him. And I ran into the store and I had my wife and another couple with us. And we were on our way to somewhere, you know, other than Logansport. And uh, I stop in. I'm like, oh, just drop me off. I'll go talk to Matt. And you can come pick me up in a little bit. Like an hour later, my wife had to come in and sort of like pull me out by my ear. <laughs> but it was, it was because it was like we'd known each other our whole lives. Yeah, yeah. It really was. So yep. so there's it is very difficult to keep it short. But anyway, all right. Let's play uh, Thanks for the Mammy. And plus, I'm sure if, if he's not on again in the next six months, I'll be shocked. So. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta we gotta save something yeah, for lose something like imagination. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to that. All right, I'll tell you what. So, okay, this is Sloppy Seconds, Neil. This is a little song called "Thanks for the Memories." Do you know this song? I do. Okay, it's yeah. a it's an interesting little number about you know <laughs> appreciating the old art of women exposing the rest of the bandits show. Do you remember, did they, was that a thing in England when you were a kid? Um, not as much, but I do know once we've heard it, I'll, I've got a funny story about it. So when you, when we come back, I'll tell that. All right. Boy, this is not, this is not a short episode. No, it's a short story. It'll be fine. All right. Sounds good. This is sloppy seconds from, uh, also from that same record, actually, for, or from the same original source record, endless bummer. This is thanks for the memories. You're sure you like to do things like this? Sure. 
I thought all girls wanted fellas to take them to fancy places, spend lots of money. Not this girl. Sloppy seconds there with thanks for the memory. Well, if that don't get them canceled, nothing will, honey. Huh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you were asking, you were asking about that if that was a thing in England too. So I mean, it was a little bit, but it's also a thing at soccer games, uh, football games, mm. as we call them, obviously. Where if you know the, the if the fan, you know, there's a lot of fan interaction and stuff between the sets of fans, traveling fans, and the home fans and stuff like that. Yeah. And if the home fans see if there's a girl in the in the in the traveling section. The one of the one of the one of the chances get your tits out for the lads, right? Get your tits mm. out, get your tits out, get your tits out for the lads. Um, Pretty sure that's rapey now, right? <laughs> but the funny thing is, so okay, so the World Cup right now is in uh, Qatar or Qatar or whatever you want to call it, right? Sure, Muslim country. So apparently, England England fans were yelling, you know, because oh, they, well, they wear those face masks and stuff, right? So they're saying, get "Well, you got fa- like the whole like floor length ghost costume exactly, kind of thing exactly, going on." That's exactly, exactly. Well, no, so they were so, so they were saying, "Get your face out for the lads." Oh, jeez, boy, those English fans—they're bastards, aren't they? Oh, that, fucking, that cracks me up. They're just bad people. They're just bad people. <laughs> cracks me up. Anyway. All right, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Yeah, that was. <laughs> but, well, it's funny because I grew up listening to hair metal, of course, and there was tons of brass at the shows, tons. The 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 two that are stick out to me so much, I went and saw that huge debacle of a Guns N' Roses Metallica tour in the early 90s. What, did Axel get his tits out? 
Well, the thing is, Guns N' Roses wouldn't take the stage. Like, it would take two hours for yeah, yeah. Guns N' Roses to take the stage. So the cameras would just roll the audience, and girls would just flash the audience. Dude, there was so many breasts, I actually got sick of looking at breasts. It's only happened to me two times in my life. Yeah, you, were, that was you were in the bathroom, let's face it. Dude, there was just so many breasts. It was just so, it was so much. It was amazing at first, but after like an hour, you're like, oh, man. And the other time I saw was actually Corn in Grand Rapids, the band Corn. So oh, many dear. breasts. Hmm. So many breasts, Neil. So many like early '90s goth chicks or late '90s goth chicks. Anyway, Ooh. all right. Do you have any photographs, Matt? <laughs> no, we didn't have camera phones back in those days, dude. God all I have it. is my my hard drive in my brain. I bet you had your hard drive. <laughs> you didn't take a disposable camera to the corn show in your fucking room no. or what? I wouldn't want anybody to know that I was there. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but all right, so Matt. Matt's, Matt didn't want to do a top ten. He's actually only going to do a top five. So I say you count down five to one, Matt, and you tell us your your uh, five favorite albums for the year. Maybe we can work some songs in, whatever whatever we whatever you want to do. I absolutely will. I I'll make it short and sweet. And I, I don't believe that for a, I don't believe that do I don't believe that for a second. But we'll let you go. Anyway. <laughs> I think I will. I think I can do a pretty good job. I, I have notes written out here. Okay. When you ask me to do the top ten or five, having the record store we do a really good job of keeping on, on top of what's coming out, you know, new releases every Friday. I know what's coming out. I want to be honest. I have done a terrible job of listening to anything this year. Mm. I could tell you what came out, but I don't have much of an opinion. Mm. Because generally my time listening to music is now occupied by listening to the punk till I die podcast. Yay. <laughs> I'm doing my David Letterman thing. You know, I'm tapping a uh, piece of paper on my desk. I'm going <laughs> to flip a pencil in the air. This is my top five Punk Till I Die episodes only of the year 2022. Okay. Mm. Wow. A bit different. Okay. I have a few honorable mentions, but I'll, I'll say those at the end. You're not going to give us our worst. You're not going to give us our worst, though, are you? <laughs> no, 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 no. I want right. to talk about episode 28. That was a few years back. Um, <laughs> We haven't yeah, talked about it yet, so yeah. So, sorry. Go ahead, man. Sorry. Okay. Um, episode 174 was June 3rd, and that was Rev Norb from Boris the Sprinkler. And I, uh, yes. I, my experience with this episode, I don't personally know a lot about Boris the Sprinkler. I remember them when I was younger as a you know big Midwest punk band. But I really liked Norb's delivery. Like the way he speaks is kind of like he speaks on those albums and those seven inches. Yeah. I, I like the way he talked. And uh, I like the way you talk. I was too, about man. to say that too. I like the way you I'm talk. I'm going sling blade. I like <laughs> the way you talk. <laughs> Taters and mustard. Um, <laughs> the he, he, he said this funny line. I had to go back in and get it right. I listened to it again uh, earlier this weekend. And, but he said this funny line about Joe King, you know, Joe Queer, just, just touring his entire life and never stopping. And, Tom asked him, do you wish you guys would have just, you know, went all in and, and followed the brass ring your whole career and, and tried to make this everything, as opposed to you guys kind of deciding to play short runs, weekends, and keeping your day jobs. And I'm not going to do a Rev Norb impression, but he said something like, yes, of course, Joe Queer is out there. He's going to die with his boots on, or perhaps there'll be Converse and a Queer's hat. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of a funny line. <laughs> He was okay. he's a very that's, that's where Paul Schaefer from the uh late show band would take his trombone and go Boom. <laughs> So so is that was that your number four. Is, Well that's your number five. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Number four. 
episode 181, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stumble on this gentleman's last name perhaps. That was July 14th, and this guy's name was Jerry Lefamina. Oh yeah yeah yeah, Jerry Lefamina. Feminina. Boy, I'm gonna screw it up too. But yes, from Savage Mountain Punk Arts. From Savage Mountain. Again, I really like these episodes where these guys are so well spoken, and uh, Jerry was exactly that. Um, I found it interesting. Uh, how they built the festival, and then how they even came up with a 501c3 nonprofit. And that shit is tough. I've been on the board of a nonprofit. It is daunting. So that kind of gave me a little bit more respect even for this guy because it's like, man, you are jumping through some serious hoops to try to make this festival take place. I thought that was an excellent episode. So so to to put a punctuation on that, Matt, I feel like you and he are really kindred spirits because you're trying to do cool stuff where you are rather than going to where the cool stuff is, you know? I get that. that. That could totally be. Anyway, I, sorry. I, some of these episodes, I am, I am sick enough. I do listen to some of these episodes more than once. So There you go. I listen to that one more than once. Good. Get those numbers Number up. Three. <laughs> Did you Number three. Number three, episode yep. 195. That was in October October of 2022, and that was our good friend B.A. from Sloppy Seconds came on. Yep. And it was uh, especially good because it was nice to hear B.A. post-surgery, you know, talk about having the knees better, talk about being in good health, yep. and then talking about making this trip down to Austin, Texas and back. That was fun. And then to find out, I don't think we knew back then that you were going to go. I think you just teased the idea that you were going to go back then. Yeah, he was keeping well, it a big I secret. Not, I he was keeping want, it a wanted, big secret. I wanted it to be a surprise, yeah, yep. when we got down there. Okay. Number two, my numbers, we're going through this pretty fast. Now, this one may take a little bit of time. Sure. But number two, and uh, this is one of the best episodes ever, probably. But wow. my number two favorite episode is episode 183. And in this episode, we are introduced to a new character from the Punk Till I Die strategy. Uh-oh. And this Uh-oh. episode was called Caught by the Fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uncle Marv. 27. Yeah. 2022. And um, all the Punk Till I Die listeners are introduced to good old Uncle Marv yep. on that episode. <laughs> and I remember mowing my yard listening to this episode and laughing my fucking ass off. <laughs> I love hearing Neil just so aggravated by everything <laughs> and hearing hearing and i'm because you know i i we have a lot of lakes around here i'm used to cruise around on a boat and stuff and hearing you describe to me what's a typical saturday on the boat like none but of it's like people, a nightmare right like my 11 <laughs> year old that was just here trying to wedge his way into the podcast waylon got pulled over driving our boat by the uh, dnr because he's not old enough to drive a boat so you know <laughs> None of that stuff to me was off-putting, but oh, I just love hearing Neil just, <laughs> he just was so disgusted by everything. And then when you had to park at that restaurant or whatever, and then you have a little six-inch ledge that you have to like scale across. <laughs> and it was like, a, and it was like a fucking 12, 12, 12 foot fence with spikes on top that somehow we expected us to get over. I picture the people at this restaurant looking out and they're like, "What? What's that fat man? That old English man? And Uncle Marv doing like scaling that? That was pretty much it, to be honest. <laughs> that, was that was that was pretty much it. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I, I was afraid I'm you were gonna say. Him. I was gonna. I was gonna say your favorite new character was Tender Tom, and I was be like, "Oh no, <laughs> I don't want to revisit Tender Tom." 
<laughs> we were talking, the three of us were talking about, uh, you know, maybe having a big festival in Logan Sport. And around that time of that episode, I said, I want to call it Uncle Marv's Big Day Out. There you go. Yeah, I don't I think told, he gets I, out very much. Well, it's funny. I told Uncle Marv that, and he's like, dude, I'll get a limo. I'll get a limo. <laughs> it's like three hours. <laughs> okay, so the festival happens. There's 300, 400 people there, but only like four of them know who Uncle Marv is. <laughs> That'd be great. Like, like we'll have him introduce a band or something. Like, have him go up there and introduce a band. Hey, everybody, I'm Uncle Marv. He's like, boo, get off the stage. <laughs> get off the stage, you old man. They're throwing PBRs in. Uh, oh, very good. Okay. So then, now, and I'll, I'll drop two um, uh, honorable mentions. But the number one episode for me personally. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Let's 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 yeah, build no, the no, Take a break. Let's no. Let's build the tension and give us the honorable mentions before you do number one. Okay. It'll be like Casey Kasem. Be like, let me count down the. Let me remind you the first thirty-nine songs on the <laughs> countdown before we do number one. So, all right. So let's let's do the honorable mentions. So the honorable mentions were, um, I liked episode one ninety three a lot with Susie Moon, the band, oh, the whole yes. band, right? Yeah. Now I think you had her on twice, correct? Yes. And you talk about her a lot, and I had gone in and streamed some of her music based on you know just hearing her talk about her. But it was cool to have her come on with the band. I think she kind of got more comfortable with you guys and got kind of deeper into the whole story of what came to be Susie Moon. So I, and the ghost, I love episode. the, go, I love the ghost story too, man. The ghost story, I think is one of the most funny things we've ever had. It was one of the most interesting things that anybody's ever got to. Yeah. They're like over in Europe, right? Or some it was in Scotland. Yeah. yeah it, was in, it was in Scotland and he, he'd actually, okay. So it's, that's Patty, the bass player. And he's, he's a even though he looks like a, he looks like a rocker. He's a sensitive type, I think. And, uh, mm. I'd, I'd heard him mention it on the gold when they were on the gold mine pod or in the gold mine interview anyway. And yeah. so I wanted to delve into that cause I found that fascinating. So, uh, so yeah, he's, uh, he was clearly affected. The whole band was actually clearly affected by that. So they clearly did see something. Uh, it's so, just interesting yeah. cause it was a different side of them, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. It was, and I, it was a very, it was very real, you know, I'm not really a believer in that kind of stuff necessarily, but. I, I don't I don't think they're wrong. You know what I mean? I believe they felt something, right, or saw something. Well, it's a very old castle. I believe that stuff goes back to like the tenth or old, you know twelfth century. Well, listen, man, my so. house is built on on an old Indian burial ground, but you don't hear me bitching. <laughs> I can believe that. I was, <laughs> I was I was stuck in the basement, so I can yeah, believe I can believe right. that. <laughs> All the strange noises. <laughs> All right, oh, man. I'm shit. sorry. Keep going, man. No, no, you're fine. We, and now we love, uh, sorry, we love we love hearing about ourselves. It's our favorite thing. Exactly. That's see, you'll go back in and listen to this podcast now. Me talking exactly. about you. Um, I loved episode two hundred, the listener celebration. I thought that was really cool. It was fun, and I thought everyone on there did a really freaking good job, man. Yeah, it, what, it is. What did you? I was. No, I was going to say that's really interesting because we have lots of the listeners who who come on that thing and they're super super nervous before they come on, but then as soon as they get on, they're just they're absolutely fine, right? It's just like chatting with your buddies. Well, right? I I talked to Uncle Marv afterwards, and he's like, "Dude, I was so nervous. I listened to it. I sounded so I sounded so nervous. I'm like, dude, you sounded fine. Yeah. I'm like, I I told Uncle Marv that he, I think he got his redemption at the Dead Boys show. I'm like, you know, I think you're good, dude. I think you. I think you won the crowd over with the with your performance, <laughs> staying out with me till two o'clock in the morning. Yes, he ba- he babysat Tom that night, so I think yeah, Uncle Bob's all right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> took I actually job. thought my my ho- my homie 
my homie Jake Pope came off great on that listener episode too. He's he's yeah, really well spoken and he kind of like a a calmer cadence to his voice, which allows Tom and Neil to kind of jump in. You know what I'm saying? I think I suffer yeah. from being kind of like Tom. So when the three of us get together, I feel like I talk over you guys all the time. But yeah, yeah, Jake was good. I liked it. Jake's great, dude. Good. That's that Central yeah. Illinois thing. See, kind of yeah. laid back. Another one. This will be my last honorable mention. And, and again, it, it kind of is like Caught by the Fuzz because I, I really like it when Neil is just angry and just bitching <laughs> just about bitching shit. about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and I fucking love the debacle in Des playing. And I think it was added <laughs> to a little bit because that that weirdo got on Facebook and was like, never meet your heroes. I yeah. saw Tom Crandall just standing in the back of this theater, barely interested in the black flag, you know? <laughs> and I, we all read that before we heard the episode, so that kind of added to it, I thought. Um, <laughs> and then I saw that picture of you guys, like, like looked like you guys were in the back row. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we were clearly in the middle. <laughs> Tom's, <laughs> no. Tom, Tom's looking at the camera like, like save you know, somebody, You know what somebody said? It's true. He said, it looks like Tom's drinking a beer in church. That's what it did look like, right? It was just like it looked like you were in church. Well, the music would have been better in church, to be honest. Probably, yes. Yeah. All right, Matt. All right, we, we're, number now I think, one. I think we're at a lather. We're at a, we're at a fever pitch here. Go ahead. And I think you guys probably know what it is, because I really raved to you guys in our group about it. I really have no idea. I can't I remember anything. So, Episode 196, October 19th of 2022. Call him Ralph Champagne. Call oh, him Black. the Ripper. Yep. Call him oh, Black. Black. Yeah, he was great. God, he was so good, man. He's just very confident. Really well spoken again. Yeah, he's a pro, um, man. That, he's a pro. As soon as that one was over, I just started it over and I listened to the whole thing again. And you guys got into some really cool uh, topics. And I think Black does a great job of, uh, like his his freedom of speech. It does not feel like it's tied to red or blue. Like it doesn't feel like it's yes. tied to a political party. Yeah. I've got some. Yeah. Opinions. He has some opinions that are. A little one way, some opinions that are maybe stereotypically another way, but at the, at the end of it, it's just like you know, treat people well, and I need to be able to say whatever the fuck I want to say, and that that's really how it came across when Neil brought up the Parkland shooting, mm-hmm. and it really hit home for Blag. That was like a really interesting turn. It was weird, wasn't it? Took. It was weird. Yeah. yeah. And then when Tom asked him. You know, do you ever, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but it was sort of like, do you ever regret staying so true to just putting out these nasty ass songs when so many of your contemporaries, you know, like a million, a million other bands would get record deals and get bigger shots at things, but you're just so steadfastly who you are that, you know, right. Uh, you're the dwarves and you just don't care. I think he he said a few times that episode, you can suck a bag of dicks or something like that. I think was <laughs> yeah. what his opinion was. Well, he, there was a little anger there, obviously. He's like, yeah, because all their friends did end up getting, you know, the big deals and all that. And he said, we had our, we had the songs. We had, and he's right, you know, he's talking about like everybody's girl. How was everybody's girl not end up a hit when, you know, come out and play by the offspring was a big hit? It's, I mean, he's kind of right, but. But again, you know, and you talk about I don't I don't want to call it self sabotage because it's it's being clearly true to who Black wants to be as an artist and what's important to Black. But you know that record has a topless chick on the front of it. 
Yeah, you know, and, and a lot of them have topless chicks covered in blood. Or yeah, exactly. You know, so that you're right. I mean, that album has um, everybody's girl, and I don't know. There's two or three songs on that one that are just really good, and that that could have yeah. been their breakout album. But they said we want to, you know, topless chick holding a skateboard and a ski mask. We don't want a, you know, offspring or a Green Day cover. You know, so that was great, great episode, man. I, I'm well, I even well, thanks. Man. I am. This not, is for. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, it's very interesting. <laughs> worked with him before, but I actually yep. blew the dust off of a text conversation we had after that episode. And I was like, man, you just, that was a fucking awesome episode. You did great. And he, he was thankful for it and he said he had a good time. So, Oh, that was cool. Well, cause... good. I hope he remembers us from everybody else because he is kind of a press machine where he does a lot of that stuff. And he's that's why he's so good at it, honestly. But I yeah. did think, you know, what is interesting, because I, I think we've this year we've had a couple of people that get interviewed a lot where we've had pretty good luck, whether it's skill or luck or whatever, tapping into some stuff that I've never heard the artists get into, even though I've heard them interviewed a bunch of times. And once again, I'm not going to say we're super good at it. I think we get lucky, and I just think we have a natural conversation flow that tends to get to this stuff. But, yeah, I feel really, uh, really good about it. Man, we really – I don't feel like this year we had a really bad one, you know? Yeah, I don't know that I can say that about years past. Well, well I know I- I think I, Tom. I think one of the things, and uh, again, I don't want to be insufferable, but normally we interview. Too late, Neil. Too I, late. I, I think we normally interview people that either you or I know the music, you know, in the band pretty well. So it's not just yeah, like yeah. some radio yeah. interviewer who doesn't know anything about the yeah. band that just has a couple of notes. So you're from Sacramento. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What's that like? Shit, shit like that, <laughs> which, which is right, why. Yeah. Which, which is why we actually had the chance to interview someone. Uh, well, it was, it was Michael Monroe, right? Let's just say it. Um, yeah, yeah. Huge. I mean, huge, right? Hanoi Rocks and stuff. And we should have um, done it, but which, well, we, we should have done. But neither one of us really knew anything about it, so we didn't want to be that typical yeah. interviewer. Saying, just chasing oh, a big interview yeah. just to like get a big interview. Yeah. Well, and the other because man, you know, we've had BA on three times, and you know, I'm a huge sloppy fan, and. You know, Scott and I are the fans who have become friends with the band. You know, we, we communicate with right. them. I mean, you know, not friends like, hey, can you come help me move on Saturday? So we're the best kind of friends. You know, we just talk occasionally. <laughs> but right. so the trick for me when you have somebody like that on is not to go too far on my own ass and not be like, hey, you know the lyric for, you know, you don't want to be like the, yeah. the Star Trek geek, right? <laughs> you know the lyrics to the, the third song on side two of your third <laughs> album, uh, you know, you reference uh, that, you know, it's just, so it, it is. And I think we do do that occasionally, but I try not to. Yes, you do. You, you, you. Um, <laughs> as I as I reviewed my favorite episodes of the year, um, I think Neil even calls you out on it. But yeah, you are a little super fanny when it came to, to Rev Norb. You, <laughs> yeah. you were you were definitely getting down to the weeds on that one. You're like, I, I so. have all the seven inches, except there was one seven inch where there's a song that actually occurs that's on the LP, and I, I didn't purchase that seven inch. I'm like, Tom, oh, easy, easy. Put your pants back on, man. But you know what the funny thing is? He knows what I'm talking about. He's He has a really good knowledge of all his music. You know what I mean? A lot of artists, like if you talk about talk about their own collection with them, they have no idea what you're talking about. He seems like he's really on top of that stuff, you know? You know the things I – and I, I don't know if I've tried this with B.A., I've definitely talked about it with Steve, the drummer, and I think the three of us have talked about this off the air. I would love to go album by album, not so much with Destroyed. I think we all kind of know the story of Destroyed. But I would like to know, you know, with each album that Sloppy's put out, who, who, what label almost picked this up? You know, why did you, yeah. why did Endless Bummer land with this label and didn't get picked up here? Who did you shop this to? 
it's not my story to tell, but I do know Endless Bummer got shopped to some pretty big freaking labels. Did it? And well, yeah, you know who, and, and I, you know whose label it ended up on, right? Episode number uh, twenty-eight, buddy. Episode number yeah. twenty-eight. It was his label, Go-Kart, yeah. right? But it was it was yeah. a subsidiary of Go Kart, yeah. Yes. It was called uh, Kids Built for Kids, or what was it? Kid tested. Kid tested, yeah. Kid tested. And I did buy. Uh, quick sidebar, and this is why our episodes always take eight hours. I did buy music from episode twenty-eight after episode twenty-eight. Hmm. I was oh, moving to purchase. Well, so. we will have that conversation. You know, that's a good one because honestly, we've been teasing that, but we're far enough away from it now. No, there's no anger involved. It's just a weird no. sort of situation. But so, I think it is worth talking about because, like I said, I think Neil and I were really pretty good uh, to this person, and I think I think it's worth talking about. So, so we'll for, uh, for all new we'll get to that next year. For all new listeners, episode twenty-eight was the only episode where we've had the. It was an interview. <laughs> and the band reached out to us afterwards, or one person from the band, and asked us to take the episode down. The only person in the band. The only, yeah, um, yeah, basically the only person in the band, right? So we, we, we will. Get, I'll tell you what, Neil. We'll, let's definitely get to that in the new year because this is kind of an interesting story. You know, we talk about everything, and you know, the, you know, Matt, we were talking about the guy who said that I looked disinterested at the show or that I was more interested in wearing my hoodie and drinking beer than I was listening <laughs> to the show, which I didn't know right. you couldn't do both. I've always done both. I've right. always wore my I've hoodie. I've been doing it wrong for 35 years, exactly. I guess. I mean, I was wearing a hoodie promoting the podcast, and if that in itself is obnoxious, then, I, you know, I take it. It is what it is. I mean, we well, are I trying to promote this A couple people essential. attended that show. There have been some photographs kind of – kind of starting to come out online, Tom, where you did set up a little card table and you were selling press photos. I thought that <laughs> was signing cool. headshots. Yeah, exactly. you, were, you were signing uh, black and white 8x10s. Yeah, exactly. A little, little odd, but whatever, man. You know, it's your thing. I was in my hoodie in the press photos. It was like meta. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. But anyway, boy, I totally lost my train of thought. No, I don't remember. But anyway. We were talking, we talking about 28, and then somehow you said, uh, about the guy bitching that you look disinterested or whatever. Uh, anyway, it is an interesting paradox as more people get to know who we are that we're being watched. I would have never considered such a thing, Neil. You know that? I just would have never thought, oh, they might be watching us to see how we're acting. Well, because we're just a couple of dudes who love to go to shows and drink beer and have fun hanging with our friends, you know? Well, it's funny you say that because when it was at that thing at the brewery today, I was wearing my Punk Dye sweatshirt and I did see a couple of people looking and then like whispering to each other so i don't know what the fuck that was about uh you know or if they knew like, who i was that, or if they just like the sweatshirt you know i don't know like, who's that old Eng- that gay old english guy over there <laughs> he was super cute yeah, exactly. no, no everybody thinks it's johnny see that's why we won't get sued by the dead boys because everybody seems to think it's johnny rotten on the back of the sweatshirt on the logo so it's kind of interesting actually yeah, well i'll tell you i'll tell you what should we wrap this thing up and with their with our yeah. song that we've been teasing, we've or should, then, we talked about you guys a tremendous amount. That's what's really important. No, man, it's a, I, I appreciate that, man. That's a really funny thing to turn on us actually, because we we had no, we were fully expecting Matt to give us his top five songs, but I should have known something was up, and we said, "Hey, man, let's get the uh, songs together beforehand." You're like, "No, no, I want it to be a surprise." So, well, yeah. let me just. Um, I me thought just... it was because you're going to pick all ICP and St. Clown Posse songs, <laughs> and you didn't want us to shoot you down on it. Oh, stuff from the Indiana countryside. Um, What's that, Neil? Let me let me just say something about that a second. So, okay, so your, some of your favorite episodes were some of the interview episodes, and it is interesting. I mean, obviously, like you or BA, we've we talked to a bunch of times, and we know how it's going to go. But like the Blag episode, 
neither one of us had any concept of how that was going to go before we got it. You know, I was actually yeah. kind of a bit nervous as to how it was going to go, but it actually went really, really well. Uh, and, and we knew two minutes you know, in that it was gonna, though, right? Yeah, because I mean, he was right. a super professional and he was open to talking about anything. Um, yeah. And most of our guests have been like that. Most of our guests have been super cool. And that Susie Moon one you were talking about, I actually that was uh, that was my concept to have the band come on too because Susie's been interviewed a lot on a lot of podcasts and radio shows and such. Yeah, she's working. She is out and, there hustling. That she is a hardworking girl. And it's always just her though. And the point of if you go and see Susie Moon. It, it's a, it's not just her it's the band the band is fucking great so that was my you know I was yeah like, they're not I, hired I would, guns they're right, like they're a not real hired, band. exactly yeah. they're not hired guns they they are in the i mean fuck drew's a fiance for god's sakes um yeah. so i i wanted to have the band on because the band are great and I, I basically consider them my friends now so it's it's just pretty much all the guests we've had this whole year actually we haven't had a bad guest forever tom have we no, we had a couple. You I mean listen? You know, Neil and I both have our like top three or four like all time bad episodes, but uh, it, yeah, it's it's really been it's been a while. The ones, even the ones where it's just the two of us, I feel have been really like our rhythm is just you know we're like we have that we have that you know that kind of rhythm that just works at this point. So yeah, but I mean we haven't had a bad I, guest I for a couple years. It. I enjoyed the guy that wrote the SST book. Yeah, he's good too. I thought I thought that one was pretty good. And then I liked when you guys did. Didn't you do two uh, top five record labels? Didn't you do BYO and SST? Yep, we did. Yep, yep. And I actually found that. I thought those were both really interesting. I found the SST one difficult. I'm sure we'll probably do that again in January because it tends to be kind of slow, like for shows. Like I won't be going to probably any shows in January. So we might do like, uh, you know, like Discord or something. So. Something to look forward to. But like Fat Rack would be a cool one, but I don't think Neil would want to do that. Yeah, uh, that well, would be a I'd challenge have nothing for to Neil, say. I'd, I'd have nothing to say on that one, probably, to be honest. You know, um, but actually, I, talking of shows, and I know we're wrapping it up, but Wednesday, I have got the Queers and the Capcom Heroes down at Reggie's. So, is that Queer Seven Inch going to be for sale at that show or not? It absolutely will. I just met, so I was talking with Joe and trying to figure out a way to make this work. Uh, they're in Hamatrack, Michigan, maybe on Tuesday, and that's just way too far of a drive for me. That's about four hours. And I was going to go to that Chicago show on Wednesday, but Joe ended up sending a friend from Chicago down, and he met me over the weekend. Oh wow! So I gave a I gave a guy the records. So long story short, those will be available. Uh, Wednesday, when you see them at Reggie's. And if you want, if you want to give the band money, please do. But I definitely am sending you and Tom some packages. So oh. you have one coming your way if you want to save the money. Okay, thank you. No, I just wanted to, I just wanted to know. So people, that, uh, if anyone's hearing this and you go on that show on Wednesday, just know that 7-inch will be available for you to uh, to purchase at Reggie's. It's a shame it's on a Wednesday because on a work night it can be a little tricky, but um, hopefully there will be a decent turnout. Yeah, that band they're with, Don't Panic. I'll, I'll be interested to hear your opinion on it. I think it's uh, younger guys. It's probably a little more uh, new school pop punk than, than maybe you guys will enjoy. But I definitely want to hear about it. They're called Don't Panic. And the main guy in that band, Ted, uh, sort of acts as Joe's booking agent here in the last few years of what I've noticed. So Now, where are they from? Are they out of Chicago or where are they from? East Coast somewhere. East Coast, okay. Not too far from Joe's neck of the woods, I don't think. Well, that's all right, because you want to be there in time to see Captain Heroes anyway, so you'll see them too. Yep. 
That's true. I will definitely be there Are early. Are you going to that show too, Tom? No, that's a midweek. Midweek in Chicago is okay. not too good for me. Yep, I got you. I'm going to see the Cro-Mags in a week or so, and that will probably, and I'll probably hibernate till like spring, but we'll see. If something good comes, I'll go. But um, Blitz Kid was just in Fort Wayne, and I, I did not go, but a, a handful of my friends went, and they said it was really, really good. Mm. Oh, and I I went and saw Cannibal Corpse, uh, Cannibal Corpse, Dark Funeral, and Emulation a few weeks ago. Uh, that, was pretty, <laughs> that was pretty phenomenal. But yeah. I don't know if I have anything else that's coming up either, honestly. Just everything at the at bonus price, pretty much. Well, nobody really is looking to come to Michigan in January, for being honest. I mean, occasionally <laughs> right. something, but so. But you guys who knows? going to punk rock bowling or rebellion? I'm actually tell? I'm actually penciling in both of them, believe it or not. Um, uh-huh. I didn't take a vacation this year, so I could do that. So I'm definitely planning on punk rock bowling. And if I can get the family together, we will be going to Rebellion in August. Uh, but it's going to be weird this year because it'll be my first time since my mom's died. So I won't actually have a place to stay. So I'm going to have to either be <laughs> lodging with family or um, actually paying to stay in England for the first time in ever. So. Oh, that is strange. Now, so your father passed um, much before your mother did then? Yeah, my dad passed about seven years ago when my mom passed two years okay. ago. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we sold the house. We sold the family house last year. And uh, so, yeah, it's the first time I'll be going back where I actually don't have a home base. So it'll be kind of freeing, but also kind of weird because it'll be, you know. No, that's very, that's very odd. That's, a, that's interesting. Yeah. Tonight on a very special punk to like that. <laughs> yes, yes, it's well, very deep. I don't think, I, I think Rebellion is probably off the table for me this year. Punk rock bowling. If I could find some flights, man, I can't find flights for less than like seven hundred fifty bucks out of GR. And... Well, it's kind of early yet, dude. Dude, that's well, it is five my, months away. Thing, you know, my wife is self-employed and she does not like taking extra time off. So Scott and I were like, well, let's take at least two extra days just so we can lay around the sun. Because the thing with punk rock bowling is it kicks your ass. It's not it really a vacation. It's more like like a week's worth of work crammed into three days. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know about that. I did do one very impulsive thing, man. You saw that Metallica is doing um, two nights at a bunch of different venues over the course of the next, yeah. of course, the next two years. You bought tickets to the Detroit show. I did. Uh, I which kind night? of Pantera night or Five Finger Death Punch night. Both nights. Oh, you did both nights. That's all. For, that's all that's for sale right now. You cannot buy single day tickets yet. It's only the two day passes. Isn't so, that so I actually wanted to ask you about if you heard that new Metallica track. I didn't hate it. I mean, I thought it was pretty cool. Kind of kill them allish. Yeah, and then and you do you do not have to talk about this long. I don't want to waste your time. Do you have an angry opinion about this Pantera celebration thing? I, I personally don't. I could I could care less. They thing with Pan- thing it. with Pantera, dude, is they were the best metal band in a decade where there were very few good metal bands. You know, they were yeah. like in the. In the 90s, Pantera was better than Metallica, you know? Yeah. But I, I don't know. It's half the band. And not even because Phil and Summer wasn't the original singer. I, I don't know. Whatever. It'll be interesting to see. I'll watch it. We'll see. Yeah, I, I just didn't. I, I thought it was cool. I thought, you know, I would maybe go to that Pantera, Metallica night in Chicago. But it's like 2024. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, it's insane. It's insane. Who lays out their touring two years in advance? I, I mean, I bought tickets well, for one year. The tickets I bought were for a year from when I bought them. Yeah, but, like the like the Pantera 11 just happened for the first time 
um, over the weekend, and like they're already booked for 2024, not 2023. Mm-hmm. 2024. Yeah. So it's like, damn, you're really. You're really betting that this thing can hold itself together for a long time. Well, the only good thing yeah. about the only good thing about that is that a inflation would have made the tickets much more expensive if you bought them in 2024, and yeah, b true. by the time the show comes around, you'll have forgotten you even bought them in the first place. So it'll be like a free show. <laughs> yeah, but so. well, like my wife, my loving my loving wife reminded me. She said, you know. The fact of the matter is, you spent X amount of tickets, but it's going to be at least a thousand bucks by the time it's said and done. Because you're going to have to go stay down there, you're going to have to drive down there, you're going to do. And it's the funny thing is, Matt, it's one Friday night and then one Sunday night. So what do you do? I'm yeah. three hours away. Do I drive home or do I just probably not? I probably hang out for the other night, try to find a show in between or a hockey game or something, you know. So yeah, it has a potential to be pretty expensive. But we'll now, see. so you're probably no on Rebellion and no on. Punk rock bowling, Tom? Are you not no, sure I'm still, I'm still, I'm still open to punk rock bowling. Punk rock bowling, I would rather go to, out of the two of them. Well, the lineup um, at Rebellion is always crazy, but it, it, there's, but the the punk rock bowling lineup, like the top of the lineup, is very like basic white punk lineup. It's what is it, Bad Religion, Dropkick Murphy, stuff like that. But the middle of the lineup is some killers, man. Some yeah. real killers. Uh, there's some deep cuts in that middle of the lineup. Anti-heroes yeah. and Channel Three. Anti-heroes is huge Beckham. for me. There's some cool yep. shit in there. I would um, love to. I, I'm not. I'm not ruling that out yet. But I had to. My my wife and I had to come to an agreement, and we have to. A lot of our vacation last couple of years have been revolving around my wants and needs, and I really need to get better about sort of working here into the equation. So we'll see. On a very special. Never happens. There you go. Very special episode of Punta Dad Podcast. Uh, she got, she got to go to Logansport, and she got to go to Austin. Come on. Who doesn't want to go to those places? Yeah, <laughs> dude, come on. Well, Austin, Austin's a great place. But we, and she the loves, like I said, the Midwest. she loves Logansport. So, yeah. All right. Okay, so my, my real quick take, I just want to ask Neil's opinion at the end of this. I don't think I'm going to punk rock bowling, although I would prefer that one. It's my oldest boy, Waylon's birthday that weekend. So Br- we bring him like to miss it. Bring him. I, we we very loosely talked about that, but that's not going to happen. Hmm. And then, because I'm annoyed by those parents that take kids like under 16 to Vegas. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, now, punk rock bull. Uh, I'm sorry, rebellion is really interesting. I, I like the the lineup doesn't quite fit my taste as well. But I, I'm sometimes Neil, I'm turned off by it because you talk like Blackpool is just like a really gross place to be. <laughs> So I'm a fr- I'm being serious too. So like my wife and I talk about it, and my wife really wants to go, but I'm like I don't know, man. Neil talks like I don't know. I don't know if this is like Blackpool is similar to like Gary, Indiana, or like Southside Detroit. I don't know. No, it, no. I don't know what it's I'd like. say it's more no, like no. Cleveland. No, no. It's it's the it's the it's the it's the white trash Riviera. It's the uh, English English version of uh, I don't know what would that be like somewhere in Florida maybe for spring break or something. It's chintzy and kind of crappy, but uh, you know, it's people who can't afford to go to Europe on their vacation. They go to Blackpool. You're instead. saying this to my friend Matt, who has three homes and several cars. <laughs> yeah, he's, a lord, uh, he's a lord of Logansport. Yeah, what, I was thinking, what I was thinking is, is Neil's describing this, and then we get like flights together, and, and Neil shows up to this place. He's described us as being this like cheap, chintzy, gross place, and Katya and I get off the, the plane, and we're just like, it's like it's like it's like going to dollywood or something um but you go in there for the music you go in there for the three or four day festival right i mean that's what you would be doing all the time so it's supposed to be it, amazing it's not like unsafe or gross or oh no, you would no kind of well, steer me in the right direction for a good hotel and 
It's. I mean, no, it's not. It's not. It's not unsafe. No, not at all. I mean, gross. It's. It's a cheap, crappy, tacky holiday resort. You know. Uh, but that's right up my alley, dude. Yeah, I was just saying, I'm not that well. I'm not that well traveled. I'm short to New Balance, baby. Exactly. I think I just. Told I'm surprised. Tom to it too. I'm easy to impress. You know, I, I probably love it. Yeah. No, but you're there for the festival. I mean, that's what you're there for, right? You're there for the. You're there for that festival. It's supposed to be absolutely amazing. And I've never been. You know. So. All right. Listen. This has gone off the rails enough. Yes. My dinner is so cold now. We should have had chili have to, before we. Before we recorded. It. I, I brought two beers up with me. I've already drank them, and I snuck a pee while you guys weren't paying attention. Oh boy! And now, all right. The reason a lot of you are listening to this, and I hope you've enjoyed it, but I, I hope a few people that have never heard us before listen to this. I don't know if this will make Matt's top five for next year, the episode he was on, but I guess we'll see. But uh, <laughs> now we're gonna play. So, Matt, I want you to talk about this queer song a little more, and uh, we're going to play this queer song that everybody's been dying to hear, and uh, then we're going to go our separate ways. I, I've already given you a, a pretty deep description on it. I'll quit talking. I've talked too much. Um, we just uh, Joe and the band worked on this for quite a while. There's been quite a few hands on it, and I personally hold it in the, the highest regard of uh, this is the 46th release we've put out, and I, I'm telling you, this is probably one of my top five favorite songs. I just personally really like it. It's, it's very fun. It's very uh, uh, over the top. It's very poppy. It's a very fun song, and this is The Queers, one of the easiest bands I've ever worked with, and they're not all easy, as I've learned here recently. Um, the, the, the Queers with the cover of Electric Light Orchestra's B-Side from 1981, Julie, don't live here anymore. Exclusively on the Punk Till I Die podcast.
right. That was the world exclusive. Wow. Of uh, the queers with their. No, we. What? What do you mean that? Was, uh, no, uh, no, sorry. I'm sorry, Neil. I, I... <laughs> Killed me, dude. <laughs> with the world exclusive of their new single, uh, the new seven inch on Failure Records and Tapes. That was Julie Don't Live Here Anymore. I just was going to thank, I was going to thank Matt because it's a real, you know, I, I appreciate him always thinking of us whenever there's something, something special. But this is a big, this is a pretty big deal for us, honestly. I think, uh, I mean, I, I, I appreciate those of you who didn't like just fast forward to the song at the end because you know somebody's going to go online and say, you hit the go to one hour and 16 minutes and there's a new queer song. Yeah. Listed these two idiots babbling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fast forward to these two honkies and an Englishman talking about Blackpool and get to the song. Exactly. But Matt, I gotta tell you, man, of course, as usual, we could talk for another hour, two hours. It's just it's it's just always easy conversation and it's always a pleasure to have you on. And you know, I can't imagine anytime soon anybody's gonna usurp your five or six visit crown or whatever it is. And we'll keep make sure you get out once or twice a year so you can keep your lead. Hey, man. I really appreciate you guys. I appreciate your friendship. And we've got something brewing in March. And maybe we'll get back together in a couple of months and we'll announce that big that big hoopla. So, Dude, that sounds amazing, man. Yeah, it does. I'll sounds great. And I'm sure we'll see you, whether it's planned or we surprised you or whatever. We'll uh, I'm sure we'll see you soon. So thanks so much, Matt, man. Take care of yourself. Right. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, yeah, cheers, Matt. All right. See ya. Yeah. See ya. So, uh, yeah, everybody, keep a little mark in your heart. And uh, we will talk to you next time. We'll see you soon. Yep. Bye, everybody. Okay, that brings us to the end of another show. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, keep a little mark in your heart, and we'll be back the same mark time, same mark channel. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Ah, ever get the feeling you've been cheated? Good night. What a fucking rotter. What a load of old shit. Thank you, fuck you, bye, boom.